with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold. Here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch is in the house. Alan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic this morning, Chris. How about yourself? I'm doing really great. Thanks for asking. Um, how's the, uh, you guys coming out of the, uh, the deep freeze, the snow up in that area? Um, how's, how's the weather? I well, we went from ice to rain, and then I think we'll go rain. from rain to fog, and then there'll be a little bit of rain again, then maybe a sliver of sun back to the fog. <laughs> there might be some rain mixed in again before we see the sliver of sun again, and that's pretty much my day. How about you? Wow, wow. That's, uh, that's quite the roundabout there for, uh, <laughs> for, for your neck of the woods, but uh, I guess it's common. Um, you've got a lot of uh, forest up there and uh, in the north. Uh, as things start to melt and, um, you know, get back to uh, the spring and the birds and the bees start coming out and having some fun. Uh, well, you know, it's what it's like. I'm not even going to rub it in down here at the beach, uh, brother, but uh, we're going to have like a whopper of a week. Um, but it's spring break. I do live in a vacation uh, area. So, you know, that's a little bit to contend with. Uh, it's spring break for like five weeks because they alternate um, through each uh, area down here in the south and um, you know we get a we get a good stretch but uh, they're in for the most part uh, they're coming down to have some fun and in, in the sun so glad it's going to be a good uh, good time for them um so listen we've got a really interesting guest on um, I can't wait to dive in and uh, you always do the great pleasure of uh, doing uh, the intro so why don't we just get right out of it Alan Sweet, sweet. Um, thank you so much for that. And yeah, we, we get a, a, I shouldn't say we get, we, we're privileged to have a number of great guests on. And actually, I don't think we've had any guests on we haven't liked to haven't done a great job. And, you know, I'm, we're humbled about that. But the real humility piece is that the people come on the show and they really want to share. They want to be able to add value. And that today's guest is, is no uh, exception to that rule. Uh, reliable education. I don't know what that means to everybody else, but to me that means an environment where, uh, you know, we can be counted on, where the system can be counted on, um, where it, there is no uh, exclusion, it's all inclusion. And I think that's an, a, a very important piece uh, that so many of us maybe forget about. But uh, having an environment where, where inclusion is going to be a big piece of uh, the education system is great. And today's guest is uh, a serial entrepreneur. He's built several multi-million dollar companies in, uh, both in Australia and in the United States. 
Um, he's been interviewed by a, a plethora of organizations and, and medias and so forth, like Sky Business Network, I think the uh, Success Network America, uh, the Brian Tracy Show, uh, Reimagine Radio, USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Web Retailer, Inc.com, Newsweek, and the, and the list goes on. But uh, back in 2005, I think this is really cool. Our guest co-founded one of the first crowdfunding platforms anywhere in the world, and he went on to raise in excess of $100 million for startups and early-stage businesses. Wow. That, that, that in itself would be, for a lot of people, a lifetime achievement. But he didn't stop there. Uh, back in 2011, he built an, <laughs> an animation studio in Hollywood, California, um, and, and grew it to, to a Fortune 100, you know, 100 company. Um, I'm really intrigued by his journey, and I know we're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, he's involved some major corporations in, in his work and in his expertise. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. And from Reliable Education, we've got the, uh, the founder here, a great guy. <coughs> Excuse me. Adam Hudson, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure, Adam. Uh, you know, we tried to line this up a little earlier, um, and I think that um, just uh, it didn't work out. And you know, you're busy, and you're. I think you went back to Australia, and now you're back in the United States, as uh, as I understand it. And uh, how are you? Uh, how's your trip so far? Fantastic. I I travel a lot, uh, Chris. I go to uh, Southeast Asia a fair bit, and uh, and the U.S. and Australia. So I sort of spend. Uh, half my time in the U.S., half in Australia, and you know, a, a bit in uh, Southeast Asia. The other half in Asia, so you got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's, it's perpetual travel, but uh, that's how I like it. I like to keep things moving and shake it up. Right, right. Well, it's um, obviously did you well, my friend. Um, you've been uh, definitely um, creating, and you're here to uh, talk about that. You know, like I want to know how it all started. Um, it's a great way for our audience to get to know you. And what led you to where you are today? Because, uh, you know, Amazon being, um, you know, as big as it is, uh, probably going to be the biggest retailer in the world, I would imagine, if it already hasn't uh, reached that. Um, but I'd like to, you know, start where it all, you know, came together for you and uh, give, us, give us a little bit of that journey uh, as, uh, as you created, um, you know, businesses and, you know, being an entrepreneur that you are. Uh, I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, uh, as the listeners can probably tell already, I'm Australian. Um, I grew up in a very working class family and, um, you know, I had a single parent working in our family and the mum raised the kids and uh, there was me and my two brothers. And uh, I knew fairly early on I wanted to be an entrepreneur and make my own money. I started as one of those kids who did paper rounds and used to get my dad's lawnmower and, and a bucket from mum and go door to door asking people if I could mow their lawn or wash their cars. Um, so I, I sort of knew that the signs were there early um, and I started working for myself very early on when I was uh, in my early 20s and I'm now in my early 40s. So I've been at this for 20 years and um, I've tried all kinds of different businesses over that time and um, I was on an interview yesterday and they wanted to talk about failing and I said that's fantastic, I'm an expert at failing and I've done it far <laughs> more than I have. Um, I've done that far more than I have been successful in things. And um, therein lies, I think, um, a lot of you know, truth and lessons in itself. Um, 
But uh, in more, more recent times, uh, I suppose, in the second half of that 20-year uh, uh, business uh, career, uh, I, I built a crowdfunding platform in Australia before the term crowdfunding was even really coined. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I got to see a lot of entrepreneurs up close and see how they ran their businesses and the different approaches people took to, you know, uh, not only attracting money but executing on their business plans. Um, learned a lot, both good and, and bad. And uh, you know, through that, I've founded a lot of companies of, of different uh, types. You know, four companies at the moment. So it's been a really interesting journey. Uh, one small thing I just wanted to notice a uh, note on the intro there is uh, my animation company served a bunch of Fortune 100 companies. It wasn't a Fortune 100 100 company itself. I didn't uh, I didn't want people thinking that, but it was a good successful business that I sold. And um, I'm happy to talk about anything you'd like around any of these things. So let me know what, where I can help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to ask one really quick question um, because I know we have uh, several between Alan and I. But um, talk about failing and why it's important. You know, we have an entrepreneur group that listens to our show. And a lot of times people have these dreams, goals, desires, things that they really want to go after. Um, but failing keeps them back. and they don't go and try and execute anything. So therefore they have these dreams that just, you know, end up being wishes for most of their life. And they end up looking at, you know, life later on. And they're like, I wish I did that. Um, and then they hear stories like this. And, you know, again, why, why is failing important, um, especially to an entrepreneur? Yeah, look, I think, Chris, it's, it's, a, it's one of my favorite subjects because it's, it's one of the least talked about. And as you pointed out, it's what stops a lot of people. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that um, failure should be discussed because there's probably more to be learned from failure than there is from success. And, um, you know, I think when it comes to business, you know, where the fact that you'll fail is inevitable. You know, if you're not, if you're not failing, you're really not trying. Right. Um, and there's this big taboo around the idea of failing. But, um, you know, there's a wonderful little book written by Seth Godin called The Dip. And uh, it talks about knowing when to fail and, and knowing when to push, you know. And, and um, in our culture, especially the entrepreneurial cult culture that, that, we've, that we've been dealing with, myself, I came up with teachers like Tony Robbins and, um, you know, a lot of these personal growth books. And it's a very alpha male approach to success, which is that if you are to be successful, it's all about you. It's those boiler room type videos. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all very ego-based around if it's not working, it's something to do with you. You've got to be better. You've got to grow better, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, what I've learned uh, now that I'm a little bit more experienced entrepreneur is that there's a lot of good entrepreneurs that just have really bad businesses. Sure. And um, I've been uh, very fortunate to meet uh, probably, I think, now four billionaires. Uh, one of them was uh, Richard Branson. And, and I asked Richard Branson when I got to spend a little time with him, um, how did you build five separate, separate billion dollar businesses? And he said, you've got to be lucky to start with and you've got to um, be the right thing at the right time. And um, it was just a really non-egotistical, non-egocentric response. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs make it all about them and don't realize that there are a lot of stupid people making a lot of money because they're in the right thing at the right time. <laughs> and I think we all know people like that. Yes. So, that's just a basic, a basic starting point. I could talk more about failure. I've had plenty if you want some examples. Yeah, no, that, I mean, you know, you said something really important was there's more to be learned. And uh, I think that that's a, you know, major fundamental that a lot of people 
um, maybe miss out on is that, you know, to be a constant learner gives you the opportunity to grow and um, not only grow, but to, uh, you know, be in the right place because of the things that you, uh, you know, put yourself out there um, to maybe learn and, and, you know, at that something new um, and giving yourself that chance to discover because, you know, I'm a firm believer, you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, the, the experience of learning gives you that, you know, new uh, insight or, or epiphany or, uh, you know, again, um, an idea that how can I use this um, and asking a great question. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, when you ask good questions, you'll get great answers. And I think that, you know, when we're challenged uh, through failure, um, it, 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 you know, sort of pushes us into asking questions. And, uh, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, people, you know, run to the hills or, or, you know, f- you know, instead of fighting through, they, they flight and, um, they, they end up, uh, cheating themselves out of something that, you know, could have been extraordinary if they just pushed a little bit further or maybe asked a different question. So really, uh, appreciate that, uh, that viewpoint. Uh, you're right. It's not often talked about, um, but it's certainly something that, um, you know, when you learn how to use it to your advantage, uh, it becomes, uh, you know, just as, uh, important as, as success. In fact, I, I'm a firm believer that they're the same thing and it's just how you want to maybe look at it. Uh, Alan, what do you got, my friend? Well, I want to hang on the, not to belittle the, the failure piece and what people might think is a negative environment. I think more like, like Adam said, more is learned from failure than from success. Sure. But the, 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 the next or the, the nearest relative to failure is what do you do next? And, and, Chris and I often talk about uh, the ability to pivot and, you know, what direction do I go into next and what resources do I use and, and so on and so forth. So I guess, Adam, a great question I want to ask you is uh, what kind of, uh, you know, what's the, the characteristics or the makeup or the DNA or the tool sets that you use uh, to pivot uh, once challenge or opportunity presents itself? What's your process for pivoting? That's a great question, Alan. I was... Um, one business that I owned that failed, um, to give you a practical example, was I had a, um, a 747 flight simulator, of all things, wow. which, I, which I bought. And I, I, my animation company was in the middle of Hollywood. It was on Sunset Boulevard. And a friend of mine worked at this flight simulation company and said, hey, Adam, you want to start this great business setting up a flight simulator? I had a bit of money sitting around because I already had a couple of successful businesses. I had some extra office space. He said, you could set it up in your office next to your animation company and, um, you know, the, you've got the Hollywood Walk of Fame right there, 80 million tourists coming in every year. Um, you'll do great. People will come in and want to fly this thing. And so, you know, not doing enough due diligence or, or just simply making a mistake, um, you know, we quickly learned that it was a lot harder after I'd spent the money and invested in the <laughs> This was not going to be as easy as I thought. So we thought we'd simply go up to the strip, get the spruikers who sell the, the travel, um, you know, the tour buses and stuff to yeah, add it as another product they can sell. And then we get the concierges in the local hotels and they to hand out the flyers and give them a commission. And we had this little business plan that we thought was great, but it just wasn't working. So to, to answer your question, Alan, to know when to get out is I sat down with my manager and I said, all right, dude, you know, what's everything we know that we can do to make this work? And we wrote a list, approach every hotel within a 10-mile radius of, of the Hollywood Strip, you know, um, take out ads in Wear Magazine, which goes into all the hotel rooms, 
um, uh, go and see every concierge, offer them to come in and fly it themselves because once they fly it, they'll love it. And we did all this. We went and knocked on every single door. We offered them $20 cash. We offered to pay for their Uber ride. We offered them a $150 flight experience for free. And we went to every hotel in the area. And of that, paying people, trying to literally pay people and give them free Uber rides, we could get one person came in, one concierge. Oh, wow. Mm. So once we sat down and we'd run the ads, we'd done everything we knew how to do, we were out of ideas. So what do you do at that point? Well, a lot of people stay in relationships, stay in businesses that are just bad businesses or bad relationships. And you know, when you've done everything you know how to do, um, it's sometimes much smarter to go, all right, this is not working, I'm out. You know, So many people stay in relationships that they should be out of like they're in a burning house just for, for no reason. <laughs> you know, And um, I mm-hmm. think... It's because they've read a book that says never, 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 ever give up. And you're like, give well, up. sometimes, you know, there's an opportunity cost. And um, so then I started asking a better question, which is how can I recover some of my investment, um, get my money back? And um, I didn't get all my money back. I took a bit of a bath. But um, if I'd been there today still trying to make this work, there's two companies that I own today I wouldn't have because I'd be still trying to fix this broken horse, you know? Sure. So I basically identify and brainstorm every single thing I can do and then I do it until I can look myself in the eye in the mirror and go, have you honestly done everything? And if you have, you might just be in a bad business. So is it fair to say then, having looked at that, now that you have hindsight, you had a great product and you're looking for an audience as opposed to having an audience that you could present a great product to? Oh, yeah. Looking back, I ignored just the basics of um, you know, starting a company, like even because I, I was at a stage in my life where everything was working, I was successful, you know, and, and this happens even now, you know, you just forget the fundamentals because you think everything is going to touch, is going to turn to gold, but it doesn't. Every business is different. I just did a basic SWOT analysis would have told me that when people come to Los Angeles on holidays, you know, who wants to fly a flight simulator for, for 30 or 40 minutes? Uh, when it costs $150 when I can go up to Universal Studios for half that price and spend all day there on these world-famous rides, you know. Right. It just doesn't stack up as a value proposition, um, you know, for that experience. It's just really people who are into flying. So it just didn't translate, you know, and it was just basic research that I ignored because I was stupid and um, and just forgot the fundamentals of good business. Hey, we've all been in that boat before. Easily attest to that. (laughs) Absolutely, Um, and and you know, again, you you mentioned something. uh, You know, it's basics. You know, you really have to master them and 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 make sure that you're always applying them, Um, because you know certainly that's what gives you the edge uh, going forward. And and often, a lot of times, we we want the next hack, or we you know want the next you know magic pill, or you know we want the next magic recipe for things. But uh, the reality is. Uh, you know the basics will get you through every time now you take risks obviously and um, you took one and it didn't work out so you, you you did what Alan talked about you know a second ago was pivot and you realized and you moved on and, and you moved on to some really good things um, and I just want to you you pointed out something and I, and I think it's important um, you know for the audience as well I'd like to get your viewpoint uh, a little deeper dive on it if we don't mind um, opportunity costs um, you said something that, you know, quite frankly, I know what it is, and, and I certainly use that all the time, um, you know, when I'm making deals or I'm doing things. 
give us uh, a little bit more insight on opportunity costs so that our audience can learn uh, a little nugget here because I certainly think it's a golden nugget. I write in my journal and audience, if you don't have your journals out, this is the best time to pull them out is because when you've got a guy like Adam on and, and other guests that we've had on, they always will give, you know, these great nuggets of gold and, you know, they certainly are because it can help mitigate things um, that you might be faced with and, I'm a firm believer when you write it down, you own it. And when you own it, uh, you can start, you know, referencing it into your uh, own business. So, Adam, on that note, uh, give us a little bit more perspective on opportunity costs and, and, and from your viewpoint, what that really means. Yeah, I mean, for all entrepreneurs listening, uh, this is something that when you're young, you really don't think about. You think your time is unlimited and that, um, and you, the, the, you know, what happens for many entrepreneurs is that, you know, they, they, they work through their 20s and they're working away and they have ups and downs and, you know, um, and if you're anything like me and a bunch of my friends who are entrepreneurs, many of us got to our mid-30s and um, had been through a couple of cycles and then we started to realise, hey, we actually haven't taken much money off the table in our businesses. We've all got our money tied up in, in our businesses. So we were investing, um, investing time and, and giving huge chunks of our lives um, and realizing as we approached our 40s, we actually didn't have much to show for it other than, um, you know, our cash flow and, and our companies. And, um, you know, if you don't at some point recognize that when you invest a chunk of your life, you know, you are foregoing other opportunities. Um, and in, in my case, it was, you know, some basic securities. You know, I was getting towards 40 and I, I did own my home when I was in my early 30s, but I lost it all. I, that's a whole other story about what happened there. Um, but um, yeah, there, there's a real cost to your time. As time goes by in your life, it's the one thing you can't get back. So you want to think very, very carefully before you get into a relationship or a business relationship because you're going to be invested in it for a while if it's successful. Um, and it's important to uh, be very clear about why you're doing what you're doing uh, because quite often people um, forget why they're doing it and they're not clear on why they're doing it. And so when the opportunity comes to realize why you're in business, you still don't. Like with my animation company, I got to a point where I had my animation company and, and a couple of other businesses and I was kind of unhappy, to be honest, towards the end. And um, I, I had an opportunity where, you know, the my health intervened and I basically collapsed at work from stress and stuff and anxiety and panic attacks for the first time in my life in my late 30s and uh, I went on a trip to Bali and, and did some meditation and yoga for two months and just really had a long think about what do I want to do at this point in my life? Do I want to keep for the next 20 years setting a goal, chasing it, getting it, setting a goal, chasing it, getting it or do I want to create some meaning in my life and why am I doing all this? And then I, when I really worked out my why, um, I made a decision in Bali to sell my animation company because by doing it, it would bring me pretty much everything I ever wanted um, and uh, to realize, you know, the, op the risk that I'd been taking, realize the, the opportunity that I'd been chasing and, and make that, put that opportunity cost in the bank. So I did that. I bought a home on the beach and, and changed my life quite substantially around the age of 40. Um, and uh, I was talking to a friend last night who's listed his company about 
six months ago. His, his stock's still in escrow. You know, it's worth tens of millions of dollars on paper. But he's like, man, I've got a huge opportunity cost here. If this doesn't work um, or, you know, something goes wrong, you know, he's trying at the moment now to get some money off the table just to at least put something aside for his future. So that's what opportunity cost is to me. Right. And, you know, the meditation and yoga, you know, I'm looking at your picture and man, you look like 30. So good on you. <laughs> good on you. Uh, good on you to find, uh, you know, that bliss in life and, uh, and to realize uh, what you had and how you can convert and, and then move forward. Um, and moving forward on that note, you know, tell us about reliable education. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm itching right now and curious because one of the things I did was, uh, you know, again, you know, for the audience, go sign up for a free Amazon course um, at www.reliable.education and check it out. So uh, I'm curious, Adam, give us, uh, give us a whirl on that and let us know, you know, what this is all about and, and how people can get involved. Well, one of why the they should be involved. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I mean, one of the businesses I created when I owned the animation company about two or three years before I sold it was uh, a little Amazon business, creating my own little brand and selling what were homeware products on Amazon. And I bought a course on learning how to do this and it took me about six months to figure it out. And I started with one little product, stuck it up on Amazon. So I, I buy the product wholesale in China, direct from a Chinese manufacturer. I put my label on it and I ship it directly to Amazon's warehouses. So I don't touch the product at all. And it was the first time in my life I'd sold physical products as opposed to a service, which is fundamentally my time or somebody else's that I'm employing. And that little distinction was something that took me many years to learn as an entrepreneur that when you sell a product, um, you don't give any time for it. You just get an email saying, hey, you just sold one. Here's the money. Um, and that's a big change in the way I'd earned money previously. And this little product within six months was doing about 15000 US a month in sales at about 40% margin to me. And so I was making like, I don't know, six or $7,000 a month and I was ignoring the business, like literally spending zero time on this thing. It was just like, oh, my stock's running low. I'll call the supplier and send some more. And, um, and, and I built the animation company, sold the animation company, had a couple of other businesses that turned into a million dollar plus businesses. But my, anima, my Amazon business just kept growing and I added more products and more products and now I'm sold in 35 countries through Amazon. I have about 12 or 13 products today, seven-figure-a-year business, netting 40% of that. Um, wow. And I literally still to this day spend probably 20 minutes a day on that business. Um, and Web Retailer did an article with a headline, the lazy, meet the laziest Amazon seller in the world, which is me. <laughs> Um, I love I, it. Yeah, and I love the headline. And I, <laughs> because I, I have a certain approach to it now, you know, which was to build a differentiated, high-quality product, not sort of just cheap, crappy stuff that you throw away. And um, how I got to reliable education was people along the way were saying, how are you doing this? Like, how would you build this Amazon business? Like, you, like I'd show them my numbers. I just couldn't believe it myself. I'd pick up my phone and say, here's the app. Look what I made today. And they're like, holy crap, how do you do that? And so I started teaching people. I got a real buzz out of it. And in Bali, I realized that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach people because I actually was really, really enjoying it. So I did the outline in Bali and I wrote this course and I was really sort of cynical about getting into the online money-making space because it's so sharky and sleazy. Sure. And um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to tell people the truth that, you know, it's going to be slow and it takes time and, 
um, and I'm going to give them proper business education. I'm also going to tie in from day one meaning. So with every course we sell, we do a, a Kiva loan. We just sponsored our first uh, eye surgery program in Java, which I'm going to in June. We've sponsored an entire village of 2,000 people to get free eye surgery. We'll wow. be healing 200 blind people, men, women, and children. We're paying for the surgeons, all the support staff. So I wanted to create kind of a Tom-style education company where we don't BS people. We give them proper business education on not a hack-based approach to how to hack Amazon or how to get rich on Amazon, but how to build a real reliable business by understanding how the Amazon jungle truly works and how to create products that really do stand up in the face of competition because you took three times as long in your research and product development because it's all about the product and it's not about hacks. Anybody, any monkey can learn a hack, but uh, to really understand the fundamentals of good business is a different story. So we've now got a global community of people that are, you know, have been to the circus, seen the strings and are ready to be told the truth and they're absolutely loving it and our success rates are through the roof as a result. It's fantastic. Truth education and you know helping people learn and giving back and you know that sounds like a great purpose to me truth education and philanthropy that's yeah a, a nice trifecta of uh of lifestyle for sure and accountability yeah it's look, it's it's great because people do want to you know the world needs education people need to need opportunity because more and more as the world changes we know that Unless we choose ourselves, as James Altucher says, um, you know, our future is uncertain. Um, and uh, you, so, you know, you may as well fail at something that you, you're passionate about as opposed to fail at something that you're not. So, yeah, I'm really, we really love what we're doing there. We've got an amazing group of awesome, mature people that are, uh, that are building real businesses. Yeah. I love it. And the world does need it. Um, and especially as we see, you know, the rising billions, um, you know, come onto the internet for the very first time ever exposed to, um, you know, e-commerce and, you know, again, are vulnerable, you know, in a lot of ways and, and you know, cutting through and, and offering up something of value so that they can actually change their lives no matter where they are in the world. You know, the world's becoming smaller and it's becoming an opportunity. No longer do you need to, you know, um, build a business that is local. Um, you know, I, I love local businesses, but, you know, for any opportunity as these rising billions come on, uh, you know, they're going to be looking for people to teach them. So kudos to that. Uh, it sounds like um, obviously it's uh, working really well and you're getting results, and that's the big thing. Um, you can boast results because uh, you're doing the right things, and I, and I think that that's key, you know, even for our listeners out there that, you know, when you're building something, offering a lot of value so that, you know, that value translates into, you know, opportunity and results for the people that, um, you know, you're you're looking to have and do business or a service with or sell a product to. So that's fantastic. I love, uh, I love what I'm hearing, Adam. You're I, I, an awesome guy. You're an awesome guy with a great vision for sure. What, what, what you do? Go ahead. No, I was going to say you're, you're doing some cool stuff. Uh, but I, I like the fact that, that um, you're not just defining entrepreneurship as someone that is creating something that hasn't existed before. I think that there's a lot of people out there who look at entrepreneurship and they go, I, mean, I have to, to voyage down this path and create something that either hasn't existed before or that has failed before. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, entrepreneurship is about adding value or solving problems. And, you know, you're doing that. You're talking about taking something that is good and making it better. 
uh, adding your own twist to it. And that's really what an entrepreneur does. They take, uh, you know, they, they do the research, they find out what's needed, they find out what uh, what's available in the marketplace, and they can either add to that or they can better market or better serve that or better serve the demographic and bring something to it. And kudos to you because you're doing that. So I guess a big, this really isn't a question, it's more of a statement. But kudos to you for, for doing that. And, uh, you know, for the audience listening, this is not something where you've got to, you know, sit down for days and weeks and try to figure out something that, uh, you know, that doesn't, doesn't exist, that, that's not around. It's not about that. You know, you're, not, you're not given different gold points just because uh, you've worked on something that, that didn't exist before. You're taking something, you're adding value, value to yourself, value to your audience, and value to the customer base that is either going to buy your product or service. So kudos for doing that, and kudos for developing a platform where others can learn the same kind of, uh, same kind of philosophy. Yeah, Alan, that's key. You know, there's that, the old saying that, you know, you can always know who the pioneer is because they're the one lying face down in the mud with the arrows in the back, yeah. right? <laughs> And the reason I love teaching Amazon is because it solves 90% of the real problems that first-time entrepreneurs face, which is, you know, a lot of listeners here are probably thinking, I'd love to have an online business that allows you to travel and do all that stuff. The problem is, you know, with many of the systems that are being taught out there, you know, how, you, know you build a great website. How do you get people to the website? You know, um, where's the traffic? Who does distribution? Who does fulfillment? These are all massive problems that have prevented many entrepreneurs, whereas Amazon says, hey, we've got an amazing platform. We've got an amazing multi-billion dollar logistics infrastructure around the world. We've got hundreds of millions of customers globally. All we need you to do is come up with a better um, a, a, a product. Look at all these niches and see if you can add value and find an amazing product. Well, we've got 10-year-old kids building international businesses that are students of ours that are learning that they can live in Australia, for example, buy products in China, export them straight to America and start selling to 320 million Americans while they're Jeez. still at school. Amazing. And we're literally doing this. Um, it's an extraordinary time to be alive. And the other reason I love it, and I, you know what my thoughts are about being on an uptrend, Amazon announced this year that the average Amazon seller is growing by 40%. The average Amazon seller, there's 2 million Amazon sellers around the world, are growing by 40% across the board. Amazon's doing to retail what Uber did to taxis. And, you know, Mark Laurie, who just sold a jet.com to Walmart, um, Mark Laurie said that the U.S. online uh, business economy is a $300 billion space right now, but it's growing to $1.5 trillion by 2030. That's just cash moving from brick-and-mortar retail to online, and Amazon accounts for every second dollar spent in online retail in America. Every wow. second dollar of every website is spent on Amazon. That is incredible. It's incredible. So, I mean, it is incredible. Ten years ago, they were worth 5% of the value of the top 10 brick-and-mortar retailers in America, Neiman Marcus and Sears and uh, Walmart. Ten years later, they are worth more than all of those 10 combined. It's incredible. Incredible. They've got a 1,900% increase in their stock price of those top 10 brick-and-mortars. Every t Nine of them are worth less, and t Walmart's only worth 2% more today than it was a decade ago. Meanwhile, Amazon's up 1,900%. So if you want to put yourself in the way of success, then get with a growing movement. And that's why I love teaching Amazon because all of it's there. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a marketer. You just have to look at the market, like you said, Alan, and say, how can I make a better dinner plate? Or how can I make a better wine glass? Or how can I make a better you know, pool toy or whatever? 
Chris, we need, I, I, we need some like Amazon this. products, Chris. <laughs> well, you know, I'm uh, way ahead of you here, my friend. I've got uh, a whole business um, outlined already as I'm talking and and, uh, and behind the scenes here. You know, you said something really, uh, really cool, um, you know, about Amazon and, and, you know, why the growth is happening. And I truly believe that. You know the world uh, we live is is an amazing place. It uh, certainly has broke down. Uh, it has broken down all the walls or barriers for people to go out there and create commerce, um, and no longer have to do it in your own backyard. But you know the one thing I love, uh, and we talked about this already, and and you mentioned it was time. You know time. Um, you know, for people as they get older, they start to realize uh, how important it is. And, and when you're young, you think it's, uh, um, you know, you have forever. I remember being uh, 16 years old. I was born in 1970, uh, so that brings me to 1986. And I thought to myself, you know, when I'm when it when it's 2000, the year 2000, yeah. which seems so far away and amazing, and just like, you know, this whole new futuristic, you know, whole thing in my mind at the time. Um, you know, as it came and then when it came, you know, now I'm 30 and, uh, obviously, um, you know, time just goes faster as you get older. But I think the one thing that's really helping people collapse time is technology and embracing that technology. And Amazon's a technology in a lot of ways uh, because it provides uh, an opportunity for people to sell goods. Um, and more and more about how they're going to be delivering the goods is going to be reliant on, you know, new technologies, um, you know, and so forth. So, I, I, man, I, uh, I, I'm fired up. I mean, this show has just got me uh, thinking. And I hope, you know, for our audience, you're thinking because we've got a guy here, Adam Hudson, who, uh, you know, teaches this stuff. And, and again, he said uh, very clearly um, that, um, you know, he has, uh, a, you know, course uh, to teach you the truth. Um, you're not going to get rich overnight. There is no such thing uh, out there. So if you're uh, caught up in anything like that, um, it's probably a good idea not to do that. Uh, and this is real business education and, and, and able to leverage something that's built for you so that you can go out there and uh, perhaps also give back, you know, go crush it, do well for your family, do well for yourself. Uh, but I love this whole point about giving back, Adam, and um, I think uh, you just opened up a lot of eyes, I think. I think people like me are leaning in right now and leaning in and listening and saying, hey, how can I, you know, maybe get involved in something like this that I can provide value to people, um, and, you know, a product, uh, something that, you know, I can slap a label on and uh, and say, "Hey, this is what I this is what I represent." Fantastic, Adam. I uh, I love you, man. <laughs> this is a great show. <laughs> hey, Adam, I got a, I got a question for you. It's a little bit of a, an odd question we're talking about, but I still want to hang on the um, Amazon piece. Obviously, that's a, a big focus of of where we're at today. But a lot of entrepreneurs out there I know are listening that maybe their current business or the business that, that they're getting into is not necessarily the tangible product business. Maybe it's uh, one of consultation or one of an evergreen consultation type service or how-to kind of things. Is the Amazon platform an applicable avenue for them? And what I mean by that is Amazon obviously is a great aggregator of people and of opportunity and of destination. And can some of the uh, oh, voice changes for a minute there at 55 years old, my voice is still changing. 
Um, <laughs> is it is it possible for some of the entrepreneurs that uh, do uh, you know intellectual property if that ends ends up being their bailiwick and if they can package it correctly, is Amazon a good place for them to go fishing? Look, I, I uh, Alan, don't have any experience outside of the product um, area on Amazon, so I probably can't add much value there. Um, but probably not. Um, I, I, I sort of suggest to all all entrepreneurs that as a, at the very least they should consider just an Amazon business as a sideline just in the same way that they would consider what they're going to do with their wealth as they make it through selling services online or offline or whatever. So people buy stocks, they buy real estate. Uh, having a product on Amazon is just a digital asset and it acts very much the same as an as an investment in terms of the time input. The difference is your return on investment is uh, substantially better. As I say to people, if you put $10,000 into inventory and you sell it in six months and get a 30% return, so you get $13,000 back, and if you do that twice a year, you're getting 60% return on your capital. You know, It's a really different way of looking at Amazon as a compound interest machine. So that's sort of how I explain it to professionals, investors. We have a lot of professional people who do do exactly that and they grow from 100,000, they reinvest their profits. From 10,000, they, they grow to 100,000 or you know, several hundred thousand in inventory that's just sitting there turning over every four, four to six months at 30, 40% return twice a year is 60 to 80% ROI compounding. That's how I teach our students to get wealthy through Amazon. So a uh, separate income stream and mailbox money. It really is. You know, it, it's, I love um, it. if you've done it, if you do it correctly, I mean, with my students on Facebook this month, I, I showed them five new products that I just launched. They've literally been on Amazon for five weeks. I showed them the sales, 32,000 US in the first month on Amazon. Wow. Not bad for a little monthly bump in your income. No, no. Sure. So, Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Well, can you, can you, yeah. Oh, go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't, I didn't show up anywhere to earn it. I didn't know how much I paid <laughs> when I looked at the report, which is a big difference to selling services. Without giving away any of your any of your secrets and and uh, you know too big of a view into your program, can you give the audience kind of a a, a trick or a tease or a a tool to how they might evaluate what might be a good product to uh, investigate to be able to represent on Amazon? Is there kind of a rule of thumb that you tell, or is there is there really a a definite process into evaluation? There is a process. You know, we use a tool called zonguru.com, which is a, a software company I own in full disclosure, but we can basically track the sales of any product on Amazon for you. So you put in, you know, whatever it is you're interested in. So that's step one, to see the volume of sales. You simply find the product on Amazon, put the URL in, and then we'll track. So that's one. But but more importantly, I always say that Amazon's like a dating site. So for those who are out there that are single, you probably use Tinder uh, or you know Seek.com or something. And the first thing you do if you're honest is you look at the photo, right? You, right. you, go to Amazon, <laughs> you look up beer mugs or whatever you're after, and you look at the photo just in the same way a dating site. And what Amazon is doing is matching it's most likely sellers, the ones most likely to convert with the most likely search, right? So somebody puts in. So the first thing you do is you look at the photo. So if you stop there for a minute, first tip is if you can find a product that's visually differentiated, 
that catches people's eye at the design level, like it fundamentally looks different to everything else in the listings, that's step one. You need to capture people's attention um, with the way that it looks. Um, and then obviously the photography has to be amazing. But I look for things that are visually differentiated. I look for things that I'm not afraid of being a little bit more expensive. Most of the Amazon courses out there are teaching people just sell stuff that's really light and really small so you can air freight it, you can order a small amount, take as little as risk as possible and, um, and make it cheap. And the reason I say that is because it's, it sounds easier to do, so they're going to sell more courses, right? Sure. Sure. The thing about the US and why I love this country of yours that I have always think has been great is that you have so many people here and you have 10 million millionaires. So that's a lot of people. You know, that's every adult in Australia pretty much. There's 25 million people in our country, which is less than California. So you've got a lot of people who have a lot of money who are not necessarily looking for the cheapest thing. So my products, my cheapest products are 40 bucks, and they go up to about 130 bucks. And then within the niches that they're in, um, they're visually differentiated. I have beautiful packaging because in the niches I'm in, packaging matters because my products are often given as gifts. So, you know, I look at the market and go, what does a person in this market, in this particular niche really want and who am I selling to? Am I selling to the guy who wants the cheapest one or am I selling to the guy or the girl who wants the best one? And I prefer to be selling to the guy or girl who wants the best one, who has a, an awareness of quality because the margins are much better and the competition is much less. The riskiest thing you can do just about in every business is try to be the cheapest because there's nowhere to go. The person right. with the deepest pockets is going to win and um, there's no fun in that. You know, there's no, there's no passion in cheap products, you know. So um, I, I, I look for that and, um, and so far that's worked really, really well. And my products on page one that compete with, there's 20 listings on page one. I've got three of my products on page one organically and they're literally twice the price of anybody else on the page and I'm still on page one because so people... That's fantastic. Do you repro re repackage your product or you just make it look better through the imagery? Well, it's interesting. The products I buy are off the shelf out of China. You can find them in a catalog in a Chinese supplier, right? They're, they're, I didn't invent them. Speaking to your point, Alan, they could be purchased by anyone. It's a product that's not new. It's been around for thousands of years. But I have an eye for design, so I really I look through, I don't know, dozens of catalogs, thousands of products, and I pick 10 that had a unique design, a unique look to them. I tell my suppliers, show me the weird stuff, show me the zany stuff. And, um, and I look for those things that are visually beautiful and then I photograph the heck out of them. I, I invest in the best photography. I use sellerphoto.com um, and get beautiful photography. Um, not like most people go, oh, I want to spend as little as possible. So they go and take the photos with their iPhone. Um, <laughs> you're like, dude, like, really, that's the riskiest thing you can do, you know? And <laughs> so I'm, I don't hold back in investing in making them appear beautiful, beautiful. My packaging costs me twice what the product inside the package costs. So really interesting. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's a whole different approach to selling. It's very counterintuitive to what most courses teach because most courses um, courses outcome is to sell as many courses as they can. It's not actually to educate you with the truth, which doesn't sound sexy to an unsophisticated person, but does sound sexy to somebody who's been to the circus and seen the strings. They know what's going on. Sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great insight there. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's great insight.
great definitely insight um and so again you know for the audience uh just go register and at least take the free course and then if you like what you see um you know do a deeper dive how do they uh how do they do a deeper dive uh adam um once they go through your free uh free course yeah so what we do is we give away a free course there's four videos um which go through the fundamentals you get to know me a lot better you'll see where i live in australia and i take you around and explain you take you into my home show you real examples of real products why i would or wouldn't sell them and so on and then we have a deeper dive course which is uh two grand us to buy um or you can do it over four payments um we give a 30-day unconditional money-back guarantee our refund rate interestingly is about uh one uh, percent, which for information products is almost <laughs> unheard of. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we do live onboarding calls with every student. So even if they've paid, we take them through a half-hour orientation and coaching call to make sure they understand what they're getting into. We ask if they've got capital to invest in inventory. Uh, and if they don't, if they've borrowed the money to buy our course, we refund them and tell them to come back at a later time. Um, so we're very different in the way that we have built this community. And um, we have you know very simple policy we have to like the person and they have to like us and um and if that's not the case then we just refund people but we we, we've we get almost no refunds because people know going in what they're getting and um and they're happy to be part of it yeah you're not left uh out there in the dark and wondering you know and and i often see and to your point about uh going to the circus is you get involved in courses then you do the course, you're feeling great, and then you realize you've got uh, a lot of investment to put into things, and um, you weren't quite aware of that going in, and uh, it's a little bit disappointing. And then you're left sort of sitting there wondering, okay, well, I invested in this, I've gone past, you know, maybe the refund policy, and now I'm left with either a forging on and buying all the things that I need to buy to get ready for this, or you know. Um, you know, maybe just abandoning it and uh, and chalking it up, and 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 I'm I'm sure I'm sure out there, or not even finishing the course, you know, which is probably more predominant anyway, um, because you know, again, you lose interest or or so forth. But you're straight up front uh, with everybody, and uh, I love that. I, I mean, that's a good business. That's a great model, and making sure. And I'm sure you're doing this for the reason that you want people to be successful, and you want them to you know get the results that um, you know that are possible out there. And, and beyond so you know again kudos to that it's a great uh, great business model and people are there chris i mean people are just tired of having the wool pulled over their eyes sure. you know I mean, they're smarter than that now and i think if the information marketing industry doesn't grow up it's going to die so it's it's as it is today you know people deserve better and um yeah we just tell people straight up the truth and they love it and it works and i love it I, I want to hang on that a second because you just said something that's really key. You're not over-harvesting a client. In the information industry, at least the, a lot of what Chris and I see is that uh, they overwhelm the potential buyer with overwhelming value that makes it almost ridiculous to not invest. And then <laughs> the problem comes when you invest, you now have 47 items to choose from to actually instigate, implement into your business. Where do you start? How do you use them? And then most of the time things end up being shelved. You've got regret on the on the end of the buyer, and then they pivot and move on to the next deal. And that's not something you do. You've, you've uh, avoided that, uh, that snare, if you will, that so many other people fall prey to of offering it, you know, insane value 
um, for an opportunity. And that's the honest piece that you're that you're talking about. And once again, kudos for doing that. Yeah, you'd laugh, Alan, you know, because in our four-part video funnel, as they're called these days, the fourth video, of course, is the sales pitch, right? So, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I actually, in that video, we had, you know, we took advice on how to build a course and sell it. And they said, you got to do this stacking principle where you say, you get this, but wait, you also get this and this. And you build the value up to 25000 you gently discount it down, <laughs> drop, 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 drop. <laughs> And I felt sick when I looked at the video and I sure. said to my CEO, I said, Joe, I'm just not doing this, right? Like I feel, I just feel bad in the gut. So sure. instead I replaced it. I took a selfie stick out the front of my office in Hollywood here and it was six in the morning and I said, hi, it's Adam. I'm, it's pitch black. You're probably thinking it's the middle of the night. I want to show you something really important about what it means to work with me if you decide to buy our course. Come inside. And the only person in the office was the cleaner. I said, this is the sexy reality of entrepreneurship. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I was told I was supposed to do this stacking thing, but I think it's bull crap and I'm not doing it. And I think you're smarter than that. So if you want to buy the course, this is how much it is. And you get a refund in 30 days. In fact, if you don't like it at any point, just call me. I don't want your money. Um, and that's it. So if it makes sense and you like what you've heard, sign up. And we were so nervous when we put this video up. We're like, oh, my God, you know, this is against every piece of internet marketing advice there is. <laughs> we started getting our conversion rate went up. And not only that, we got bombarded with emails. People going, dude, you are the first guy I've ever seen call BS on that. You know? and, and we felt better about it. For and sure. Because we weren't acting like a-holes and we weren't treating them like a-holes. And now we have this lovely community of people that are vibing and it set a real tone for our business and we're making money, we're doing good and and um, and our students are not being set up to fail by having these huge expectations, not meeting them and quitting, which is such a shame because it's there's not many businesses I know where there's so much momentum as Amazon, there's so much opportunity for people who are legitimately interested in learning entrepreneurship because all the hard stuff's done, the traffic, the distribution, the logistics, it's a safe place to start with a small amount of money, but they'll still fail if your expectations are wrong. That's fantastic. And I'm just going to point out something that um, you talk about, you know, when you're searching for Amazon products and, you know, that being something unique. Um, you know, design, you know, must grab attention, uh, maybe a little bit more expensive uh, packages, you know, look great. So my friend, that's exactly what your business is as well. And it's, and it's, and it's funny that those fundamentals work in Amazon and they are also working for you so that, again, people are getting what you tell them they're going to get. And uh, again, kudos on that because I think there needs to be more of that out there. Uh, you know, less people hanging uh, and more uh, results driven. You know, I love, you know, the fact that people can get uh, a lot of great things, but, you know, you become overwhelmed and um, that, you know, often uh, stops people from going forward. And, you know, the big thing about, you know, what I always look at is I, I would, I want people to have results. Number one, results and, you know, I'm also an educator, uh, you know, I teach people, the, you know, the fundamentals of selling and um, how to, you know, 10x that. Uh, and, you know, nothing is more important to me um, than results. And I don't look for a thousand people to sell. I look for a small bunch that are going to absolutely get results because they're going to be my greatest, um, you know, advocates and, and people that are going to spread the uh, the good news. So. 
Thanks for uh, thanks for providing that, and uh, thanks for going a little deeper on how people, you know, or what they should expect if uh, if they want to go down this road with uh, with you as well. So that's fantastic. My pleasure. Quick quick question for you, um, Adam. You've done a great job at um, packaging your your opportunity, and we are are honored that you're on our show. A lot of things that Chris and I like to do are, is, is beyond just the, the show and how are we able to help others. And it, it's not necessarily, you know, what's in it for us, it's, but truly how can we help. And, and I think maybe a way we'd like to, to do that, if you're game for it, um, and I haven't asked Chris this yet, but my guess is he's probably not going to balk at it. Um, would you come back on a on a live edition of of this program and maybe do a um, kind of a maybe a how to something similar along the lines of your free course, kind of a a live quick tutorial? Maybe maybe we could point people to your course, but give them um, you know eyes on you, uh, visually eyes on you um, through our live through a, a live uh, webinar, maybe. Yeah, maybe of course, I'd love to do that. I'd be more than happy to. To do that, the more people I can help, the better. You know, at this point in my life, I, I you know, I really am not doing it primarily for money, uh, which has been the first thing I can probably honestly say that I've done before. You know, up until this point, um, I'm doing this because I really want to empower as many people as I can, and I want to use the money that's created to do good. And uh, so I'd be honoured to do that and uh, have some questions submitted by your audience, whatever you want to do, Q and A, whatever, live Q and A, whatever. That'd be great. I, I think it's cool. I, I like something you said a little bit ago. This could be a fuel source to help somebody else really get get on their feet. Uh, right. It doesn't have to be the the destination. It can be a fuel source. It could be a side piece. It could be a, a, another income stream, or it could be nothing um, directed from that. It could be a complete philanthropy line of of work that they want to do. And I think that. Looking at looking at your opportunity with those glasses on, I think gives a real unique perspective maybe to our audience listening. And I don't want to ignore that. I think it's a huge value that that could be added into their daily business. That that's actually my dream, Alan. I would love to replicate Paul Newman, you know, and and create a business that is one hundred percent for um, you know something I believe in. This blind thing is just something that just changes lives um, uh-huh. you know, because people are poor because they're blind and they're blind because they're poor. They can't afford the, the 70 or 80 bucks it costs to get the surgery. Imagine having a blind child that you can't afford $80 for the surgery to have them fixed. I mean, it's just yeah, mind-blowing. And when you see these kids have these bandages taken off their eyes and see their mother for the first time mm. instead of just following her voice around, I mean that that <laughs> that yeah. just might breaks you down. That might, that brings new meaning to what business can be used for. And um, I mean, I my team and our community is just so excited that by the end of this year we'll have done I don't know maybe fifteen hundred, two thousand Kiva loans, and probably two blind drives. Will be four hundred people probably by the end of this year that are literally wow. seeing the world for the first time because of the work we're doing. Um, and that's that's where the real juice is. And so if, if there's people listening and you can't find a big enough reason for yourself to get motivated, maybe you should watch some videos about people in, the, in, the, in other parts of the world that are starving or blind or struggling with challenges we just don't even think about because we're so focused on our Western problems. Sure. Um, 
that business is just such an exciting vehicle to create change um, when you get past, you know, your basic needs personally. You know? Right, right. Damn good reason to get up in the morning. Absolutely. Well, Top dance out of bed for that, for sure. That's right. That's Adam, right. This show, goes, this show goes so fast. So fast. Um, it's absolutely one of those things that, uh, you know, we always warn our guests when we come on it, you know, uh, we're usually about an hour, um, but it goes so fast because it, it's just one of those things that uh, happens uh, because we have a lot of fun and there's a lot of dialogue. So you were awesome today. I really appreciate it. Uh, we are uh, coming to the end, but we always have one question we're going to leave the audience with, and Alan will take the great pleasure. But before so, uh, I just want to thank our audience for spending some time with us. I go after um, you know what Adam is uh, offering up um, and check things out, and if it's right for you, it's right for you. Uh, go go a little deeper, and um, I'm certainly going to check it out. Uh, you know, definitely a lot of interest around that. Um, but Adam, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Uh, you're uh, you're awesome, and I can't wait to do the live show with you. We'll uh, we'll broadcast it uh, through Facebook as well, and um, and we'll you know get some questions ahead of time so that we can get some real good buzz around this. So thanks again, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Alan, hey, thanks, Chris. Um, indeed, an honor, and and I say that every time, man. It is an honor. It's an honor to be able to have a voice. Um, it's it's an extended honor if anybody listens. And I think that uh, it, it's um, it, it's nice to know that we've got an audience that does like the content that we bring and the guests that we bring on the show. And um, you know, we wanna we wanna make sure that we always honor that, and never violate it. So we always look to to exceed expectation. And uh, today's been been no exception to that, Adam. We we appreciate you being on the show. We're glad we're able to get this lined up. Um, but we like to, like Chris said, we like to end the show with. Um, kind of a, an act, a, a move. We call it a bold move. Something that uh, you can leave with the audience today. Maybe it's something you've already talked about. Maybe something you've been holding back on. But an act, a, a movement, a, an idea, a mission, something that they can engage in and implement today to enhance their life or to enhance their business. So with that said, what one bold move would you like to offer the audience? I would like to challenge the audience to create one hour of personal time where they're uninterrupted, where they can just find some quiet to go within and um, really get back in touch with the little voice inside of them that we all have that tells us how we're doing uh, in life. How, how are we doing? How are our, how's our health? How's our business? How are our key relationships? And then uh, and, and just let the pen flow. Just one hour in a week. That's all, all, all I'm requesting here or challenging you to do. And then if you've got some time after you start to write down the answers of the flow, um, go one step further and say, if my life turned out perfectly in five years, what would it look like? What would really be compelling to me? Um, what would get me out of bed and drive me and be, make me be excited about my day? Because getting that one hour is so tough these days with globalized, polarizing media, you know, echo chambers on Facebook. Our world gets reduced so quickly and so easily and uh, we just don't create space for ourselves. These little mobile phones next to us are just feeding data in all the time, most of which has an agenda and none of which we created. So claim back that creative hour of time in your life and get back in touch with that little voice, that true center of you 
And remember, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is a, a one-time deal, as far as we know. It's a one precious life. Are you making decisions that are moving you towards the life you want? And what exactly does that look like? And then just start asking the question, as you said, Chris, questions are what direct our focus and the focus determines our action, which determines our reality. So just create that one hour and um, let's see what happens. Well said. We heard it here, folks. Make really good use of your time and listen to that inner voice and how can you not only create a, a great life for yourself and those around you, but how can you positively affect on a, on a large basis um, those outside your own drip line. So, Adam, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. We look forward. We'll be chatting off off air here on uh, kind of the next steps, and we'll make sure the audience has uh, cues to what's happening on those next steps and what they can look forward to. Chris, as usual, it's a joy to be working with you. And uh, go ahead and take us home, my friend. You got it. Right back at you. And audience, thank you so much. Without you guys, we don't have a show. And thank you again uh, to our great guests and Adam today, Adam Hudson. Go to Reliable. Um, education and again I'm just gonna read that out really quickly uh, reliable dot education check it out and uh, I know you won't be uh, disappointed um, as you heard Adam is bringing the boom so thank you and it wouldn't be a show without me saying do something nice for someone today this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com dot